Welcome to the Women in Industry podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Van Hook, Com Group Director of Client Services. I am thrilled to be back with you for another exciting episode. But alas, life sometimes has its twists and turns due to unforeseen circumstances. I couldn't be here today to record this episode, but hey, the show must go on. And I couldn't have asked for better stand-ins than the ever so incredible Hannah Phillips, our win podcast producer and Com Group Public Relations and Client Services Coordinator, along with the talented Laura Mosley, Com Group Public Relations Specialist. Together, they have led the conversation with a true force of nature, Megan Brown, the founder of Hope Found of Northeast Arkansas, an organization that educates the community and coordinates services for victims and survivors of human trafficking. Trust me, you don't want to miss a moment of this inspiring conversation. Megan's journey and the impact she's made through Hope Found Arkansas are nothing short of awe-inspiring. It's moments like these that remind us really and truly why this podcast exists. It's to celebrate and amplify the stories of women who are making a real difference in their industries and in their communities. I mean, they're superheroes, truly. As always, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to all of you for your support and for being a part of this incredible podcast journey. Your enthusiasm and your love for the WIN program and the podcast continue to motivate us to bring you even more inspiring stories from the women who make the world a better place. So without further ado, I'll hand it over to Hannah, Laura, and Megan, who are about to take you on Megan's remarkable career journey. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Women in Industry podcast. I'm your producer, Hannah Phillips, and Palm Group Public Relations and Client Services Coordinator. And today, I am filling in for our host, Lisa Van Hook. And I'm also joined with our guest co-host, Laura Mosley, who is Com Group's Public Relations Specialist, and Megan Brown, the co-founder and executive director of a Hope Found of Northeast Arkansas. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. So, Megan, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you and what do you do? Okay, so I am from Jonesboro, Arkansas, pretty much grew up here. I'm married to my husband, Rollo Brown, and we have three children, Jude, who is 11, Ruby is six, and Raleigh is five. So it seems like you have your hands full on a daily basis. Absolutely. We are constantly going involved in kids' activities, church activities, on top of, you know, work and stuff, so we stay really busy. And so tell us a little bit about the organization you're with. So Hope Found of Northeast Arkansas is an organization that I co-founded back in 2018 with um, three other local women, Audra King, Mary Sellers, and Miranda Ballard. And we started, we recognized there was a need for, well, first of all, Hope Found, what our mission is, is to end human trafficking by creating awareness and educating the communities and then coordinating services for victims and survivors. So in 2018, we recognized that there's a a need in our community for the education and for a program to specifically serve those affected by human trafficking. And we just wanted to be able to, to be able to do that. And so with the support of, you know, several financial donors, I was able to start just developing this nonprofit into what it's become so far today. And so you mentioned human trafficking. For those of our listeners who don't really know what it is or if there's any misconceptions about human trafficking, can you kind of elaborate on that? So, you know, 
a lot of people think human trafficking is what they see in the movies, like movies like Taken or what they see on the TV, what's on, you know, social media. And so that's really not an accurate picture of human trafficking. You know, human trafficking is essentially the, the buying and selling of people. It's where a person is making money from exploiting another person, whether they're exploiting them through the commercial sex industry, like by forcing them to have sex for money or exploiting them through some type of job setting, which means basically you're forcing them to work or not pay them in order to, you know, take advantage of them for their work. And what really drew you and what made you passionate about this? So in 2009, I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I had moved there after I graduated college from Arkansas State. So I moved to Nashville and there was a documentary playing at the local movie theater and it was about human trafficking. And that was something I never heard about back in 2009. And I went to the movie, I went and saw it with my best friend at the time. And I just left, I, I mean, I left a changed person. I feel like God put it on my heart to, you know, to really, you know, dive deep into this issue and, and what was going on in the community and how I could be a part of it to, you know, to stop it. And so that got me involved in two local organizations in Nashville at the time. And that's really where my passion and my knowledge grew of the issue. And so when I moved back to Jonesboro, Arkansas in 2011, that's when I was kind of able to figure out, okay, what's going on in Arkansas at that time? And that led me to an organization called PATH that was based out of Little Rock. And I volunteered with them for a few years. But after a while, I wanted to take a break because I was having kids and I got married and stuff. And, you know, after that, you know, God was still saying, okay, like, let's do something, you know, and then that's kind of how Hope Found started. We just was like, okay, this is something we're all passionate about. You know, let's figure out what we can do for our community over here in Northeast Arkansas. And so on the last part, let's see what we can do about our community. Can you tell about the impact that it has on your community? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, many people don't understand what human trafficking is or what it looks like. And so it's so important for us to get out there and educate the community, help them understand that, you know, your child may be going to school with a victim of trafficking. You could be standing next to a victim of trafficking at your job or at the grocery store. And we wanted to really educate people and especially young people on what a, how it looks like and how to recognize the disguises that traffickers and predators wear because we wanted to be able to empower them to also protect themselves. So I think since 2018, I know we've educated at least over 6,000 people, which I would consider really good considering I'm the majority of the person that's been doing the education for now. So That's pretty impressive. <laughs> so what motivates you? Because this has to be a difficult career to be in. Nonprofit, let alone like this hard topic, what really motivates you to keep going even on the hard days? Yeah, that's such a great question. I am a social worker. I failed to mention that earlier. And so I've always had the passion to, to want to just help people. That was always my passion. And honestly, when I, I was a terrible college student, but when I graduated from college, I was like, I just want to help people. I want to be like a full-time missionary or volunteer. At the time, I didn't care about money or anything. But, you know, I think just having that passion just to help someone, you know, obviously led me to this and led me to want to do something about human trafficking. 
but also just, you know, my family, my faith and God, you know, they all motivate me to, to continue the hard work, you know, that we're doing. And I know it's, I'm a problem solver and I'm a, and I'm a doer. So like when I see a problem, I'm a, yeah, I'm a fixer. I want to like, I want to fix it. And so that's kind of what we saw in the community. It was like, okay, there's a problem. How are we going to meet this need? You know, let's, let's do it. And so that just kind of keeps me, you know, motivated as well as, you know, we're seeing the people that we work with. We're seeing lives change. We're seeing, you know, like for instance, one our today, one of our clients graduated from drug court. So she's been clean for, you know, I bet a year now. And so, you know, hearing stories and seeing the people we work with and seeing the impact we even have on their lives. I mean, that's a huge motivation as well. And I think that it's awesome that it started with you going and seeing a movie and now years later, you've been able to make mm-hmm. a huge impact. So that's really awesome. But before we jump into any more conversation with Megan, we're going to take a short break and then we will be back. Everybody knows to keep a car running smoothly and efficiently, it's important to do regular maintenance. Nowadays, when you notice your car having issues, you can take it to a professional and have them run a diagnostics test. This test shows your mechanic exactly where the car needs improvement. Did you know the same can be done with your social media marketing? Com Group's proprietary social media audit will help you gain insight into your company's social media marketing performance based on a review of your social channels against benchmarks for best practices, analytic tools, competitor performance, current trends, and algorithmic formulas. The report you're given will include your overall social media score as well as strategies, tactics, and opportunities for social channel growth, optimization, and engagement. Like all modern digital marketing technology, social media channels evolve rapidly and require consistent assessment and evaluation. To start a social media audit for your business, contact us at info at Okay, we are back here with Megan Brown, but before we talk to her even more and learn about Hope Found, I'm going to introduce you guys to our special co-host today, who is also Com Group's public relations specialist, Laura Mosley. Welcome, Laura. Thanks, Hannah. Okay, Laura, so tell our listeners a little bit about you, about your role at Com Group, and anything else that they need to know before we get started into our conversation. All right, well, I am a lifelong Arkansan, basically. I grew up mostly in South Arkansas in a little itty-bitty tiny town, and I went to college at SAU in Magnolia. Uh, eventually, after I graduated, I actually moved up to Northeast Arkansas, and I've been here ever since. Megan and I actually know each other, so this is really mm-hmm. fun. So fun. I'm so glad to be here today, but um, I've been in this area since 2014, and I really enjoy being up here, and I've been at Com Group for almost a year and a half. Uh, it's almost hard to believe I've been here this long. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, <laughs> but my role here at Com Group, I like to kind of call myself the writer of our PR team. So I write a lot of news releases, newsletters, blogs, anything that in that department I do a lot of. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. And okay, so how do you guys know each other? Tell our listeners. Oh, so goodness. I think it was when you were working for the paper in Paragold, right? 
yep, uh, I've been passionate about also combating human trafficking and all that for a while now. And so when I was at the paper, I was at the Paracle Daily Press in Paracle right out of college, I contacted Megan. I don't remember exactly how I got her information or how that came about, but I told her that I wanted to get a little more involved in preventing human trafficking in the area. And so I got in touch with her and we sat, I think we met at Chili's in Paragold and just Mm -hmm. had a conversation and she uh, introduced me to Path and yeah, that's, that's kind of how it all started. And now we're here on the podcast, Educating Others. Yes. Exactly. I know. Full circle. (laughs) Yes. And so since Laura is our specialist in our writing and she's really big into the messaging, you can say, I think she has a couple questions about how you implement your messaging. So Laura, I'm going to kick it off to you. All right. Yes. So Megan, one of the things we do, we have a lot of what we call public sector clients. So that's our government-based clients and then any nonprofit that contacts us. And what we do for them is outreach and education. Now, Hope found that's basically what y'all do all the time. I'll reach out to the public and educating the public. So who are your different audiences that you reach out to or want to reach out to? Yeah, so I would say like our first target audience is going to be obviously people that have been affected by human trafficking that may still be involved in an exploitive situation because we want we want them to know that, you know, we're here, we're here to help. And so that's, you know, something I'm learning, you know, is how to communicate that message and in, in which platforms do I need to use in order to do that. Of course, we're also wanting to educate people, so parents, you know, students, youth, medical professionals, law enforcement, teachers, really anybody that we believe that could come in contact with the victim of trafficking, we want to educate them. And then we also have donors, we need funding, so we want to be able to communicate efficiently to those that can really, you know, get on board with our message and hopefully support our ministry. Uh, what is a key message that you want to communicate to each of those audiences? So when we do educate that community, you know, we really want to make sure that we're painting human trafficking in an accurate picture, that they recognize that it's not like what they see in the movies, that it can, it is happening in our community because a lot of people think, oh, it's not happening here in small rural communities throughout Northeast Arkansas. You know, they may think, oh, well, Little Rock or bigger cities like Memphis, but, you know, we, we want to convey that, you know, it is happening here. We want to make sure that we're educating them with, you know, things that can help them if they're a parent to protect their kids from this happening to them. We also want to make sure we're educating youth and the vulnerable populations that traffickers prey upon with things to recognize that when a person may be trying to traffic them or take advantage of them. And just recognize too that, hey, there's a, there's a program here in the community that can, you know, help these people or help you. And we, you know, we're hoping that we just are able to convey that message. You mentioned before the misconceptions around human trafficking. Misinformation is everywhere. As uh, PR professionals, we deal with this all the time, but it's really damaging. And I know it can damage some of your efforts sometimes too. How does that misinformation affect your work? Yeah, so it can easily affect, of course, our work, but even the work of law enforcement, the people that run hotlines, because when you have misinformation that gets circulated, 
especially on social media, then it can cause a frenzy where people are blowing up hotlines or blowing up law enforcement and, and clogging up the lines that could obviously where a victim could get in and, you know, be, be trying to, you know, call in. And the misinformation too, you know, it causes people to like just focus on and they believe that, okay, well, human trafficking just looks that way and, and which is not true. So they fail to really pay attention to how it really looks because everybody wants to believe what they see on social media rather than believe experts or law enforcement and I mean sometimes even law enforcement get it wrong you know it just it just causes more of a distraction than anything yeah I I remember I don't remember I think it was a few, a few years ago but the Wayfair scandal you know mm-hmm. uh, Wayfair was accused of promoting human trafficking um, through the names of some of their furniture or some of their products and high prices and and, and I remember hearing mm-hmm. how that affected many of the hotlines and how people were just flooding the hotlines and vic- true victims could not get through. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's crazy because I've been in this field, I would say since 2009, you know, right after I first learned about it. And every year, I mean, there's always some kind of crazy rumor that comes out. You know, and a few years ago, it was about Wayfair. But before that, it was like, pizza gate or you know zip ties on your car and just all these other things and so yeah I mean it can just really it can cause a distraction and it can it can keep us from really seeing the the child in the school setting that's being trafficked by a boyfriend or a kid at home that's being trafficked by a parent or that you know that young lady or guy that's being trafficked by their employer so you mentioned a few of the other myths and things that just a second ago. Are there other common myths that you're seeing or hearing about human trafficking? And feel free to, you know, give us the correct um, information here. Yeah. So one of the biggest myths out there is that that trafficking often involves the trafficker kidnapping the victim and physically forcing them into a trafficking situation. That rarely, really, rarely, rarely happens. Because traffickers are looking to build a relationship with the victim, which they do that through grooming. And so they're trying to get to know the victim and build their trust and relationship with them before it ever leads to the trafficking experience. So, you know, victims are not always going to be chained up and held captive. They're not going to be kidnapped and thrown into that white van, you know, on, on the way home from school you know, traffickers use psychological means in order to recruit a victim. So the, you know, they're tricking and lying to them. They're, you know, pretending to be interested in them to form this relationship. So those are some of the biggest myths because we see all the time that people are saying, well, I was a target for trafficking because I found a zip tie on my car, or I found some letters and numbers written in the back of my car, or that I saw this man following me in target parking lot so I was almost a victim of trafficking and I'm like that's trap that traffickers don't work like that like they don't want you to know that you're a target so like if the zip ties on your car you're going to be like more aware of the situation you're going to be on guard like you know traffickers don't want you to know that like it's all about manipulation and you know expanding you know increasing your trust in them so that, that that doesn't work through putting zip ties on your car but what I tell people like 
you know, you still want to be mindful and aware of your surroundings, because especially as women, we need to be vigilant because, and I don't know, there's never been any, I've never seen anybody come out and say, we know why people are putting zip ties on your car or putting this on your vehicle. We know that it's never been linked to trafficking, but could it be a punk kid playing a joke? Maybe. I mean, could it be could it be someone trying to break into your vehicle or rob you? That could be a that could be it too. I don't know. So we still want to be mindful and vigilant, but also recognize that traffickers don't work like that because traffickers usually target people they know, someone that they're in a relationship with. Well, that is a lot of misinformation that's out there. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you, for lack of a better term, here combat that misinformation? How how what is how do you correct that in the community? Right. So for example, last month in there, so January was human trafficking awareness month. And so one of the things we did was we did a lot of, we had a big online presence through social media with putting the myths and the facts out there. So we would take a lot of the most popular myths and, you know, write that on Facebook, but show people the facts. So you know, we have that on social media so we can constantly kind of educate people on that. Of course, usually what tends to happen anytime that something spread on social media and the news hears about it, they always end up contacting me because they want to hear the truth. And so I'll go on the news and I'll talk about, you know, no, this is not how trafficking happens. This is how it happens. Um, and then, of course, any type of presentation we do, we always do. We always do like a true and false section where we cover the myths because we just want to make sure that you have the accurate information because I mean there there are even nonprofits out there that some do not you know they're not sharing accurate information that matters and so it's just important to pay attention like what are the experts saying what are the people that are on the front lines what are they saying what is the national human trafficking resource center saying and they they address all the myths so if if they're not saying it's true, like, you know, go believe them. Like, they're the experts. Yes, definitely. Listen to the experts. Yes. Uh, yes. And so sorry to interject myself right here. So, Megan, how can people, our listeners, how can they contact the experts or the hotline or even you guys? Yes. So the there's a National Human Trafficking Hotline. And do you want the number? Me to list the number? Sure, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, we we'll have to look up numbers. So the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-373-7888. When you call into the National Hotline, well, if you're a victim calling into the hotline and you want services in a certain area, they will connect you to service providers that they partner with in that area to get you resources. You can also call to the hotline and report trafficking, and they are supposed to get in contact with law enforcement in that area. Now for Arkansas, one of the things that we're hoping to see, we actually met with the governor and the attorney general last, last week, I think it was last week, um, or the week before that, um, to talk about Arkansas's plan for combating human trafficking in our state, because we're not doing that great <laughs> as a state, you know, as a state. So right now there's no real hotline that people can call in Arkansas to report it. And so what we tell people, depending on where you live, you can call local law enforcement. If 
for whatever reason, maybe that lo local law enforcement, depending on where you live, is not really educated in this topic, you know, go to the next level of law enforcement. So go to state police, go to federal. We in Northeast Arkansas, there's actually a human trafficking hotline that was established in 2020, which goes to Jonesboro Police Department, and they have specific human trafficking task force agents. So they're very educated on this topic. And that number is 870-336-7256. And then I always tell people, if you're not getting help from law enforcement, or if you just, you know, you need Obviously, you need services from us. You need to talk about something. Our helpline number is 877-688-HOPE, H-O-P-E, which is actually 4673. Thank you so, so much for giving us that information. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, and the other, so there's so many hotlines because. Right, we don't which have is a, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so if it's a minor that you suspect is a victim of trafficking, you do want to call the child abuse hotline. But if for whatever reason they say like, well, we don't have enough evidence or we got to, you know, they're going to screen it out, then call local law enforcement or call us. We have partners with people from the Department of, of Children and Family. Um, that's something that I think they recognize that needs to change. And so if they can't get the help through that hotline, you know, they can call us and we'll try to help or local law enforcement when it comes to a minor. And so, Megan, thank you so much for sharing that information. And it seems like you guys have had a lot of success within since starting this organization, like you've made a huge impact on the state and just in people's lives in general. So since we are the Women in Industry or WIN podcast, what would you say has been one, one win that you are really proud of? Oh, man, you know. At our December board meeting this past year, we were surprised with a visit from Crime Stoppers of Jonesboro, and they were they awarded us the Crime Stoppers of the Year award. And no so, way! Yeah, so that was a huge surprise. Something we were so blessed by. I had no idea whatsoever, um, but they showed up and they they were they gave us that award. We were also recognized through the the NEA division of the National Association of Social Workers for the Agency of the Year. So that was another award that we won this past year. You know, and even like you mentioned earlier, the cl the client that was uh, that uh, graduated from drug court, like that was a huge win. I mean, for her, even you know, even for you know, for us, just being able to support her and, and get her through that program, because now she's going to move back to be closer to her family and work on you know, her mental health and work on becoming a better mom. And, you know, that was just, that was something that's amazing to get to experience. No, that is so amazing. And I love how, like you mentioned earlier, it started when you were sitting in a movie theater watching that. And now you're helping so many people across so the entire state, basically. So that's really something to be proud of. So also, since we are the Women in Industry podcast, who has been one woman who, or multiple women who have really inspired you in your career or in your life in general? Um, my grandma, her name is Annabelle. She was a social worker also. So growing up, I saw her and all she did for all different types of people in her community. And so I think watching her do that is what 
you know, led me to want to be in a, in a, in a job and, and have a passion for being able to, to help others. And so I would, I definitely have always said, you know, she's inspired me to, to do this work. It definitely seems like you had big shoes to fill. And I think it's safe to say that you have done that. So give yourself a pat on the back. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes. And so thank you so much, Megan, for joining us today. We had a great conversation. And I think that I know at least myself, and I can't speak for Laura, but I have a feeling (laughs) she learned quite a bit today too. (laughs) Awesome. So glad. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you so much for being our guest today, and we can't wait to see and follow you guys from here on out. Yes, thank you so much for just allowing me to be on this platform to educate y'all more on human trafficking and to spread our mission. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Win Podcast, where we highlight women who use their careers to make the world genuinely a better place. We hope our guest inspired and maybe even empowered you. You can check out comgroup.com to learn more about today's guest and other incredible, amazing women featured on WIN. That's Women in Industry. And while you're there, please nominate a woman in your life somewhere in your orbit worthy of recognition. The nominations are so easy. They're online, quick, fast to complete, Also, please rate, review, subscribe, whatever you want to do while you're in your favorite podcast app. And most importantly, share win with your friends. So until next time, I'm your host, Lisa Van Hook of the Communications Group, reminding you to keep on inspiring. The Women in Industry podcast is presented by the Communications Group to celebrate professional women and their achievements. For more information on WIN or to nominate a deserving woman, head on over to comgroup.com or check out Comgroup's social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The WIN podcast is hosted by Comgroup Director of Client Services and Executive Vice President Lisa Van Hook. WIN is produced by Comgroup Client Services Manager Cassie Booker and Public Relations and Client Services Coordinator Hannah Phillips. To learn how Comgroup can help you achieve your business goals, contact us today at comgroup.com forward slash contact and keep on inspiring.